Thanks again for joining us, Peyton, and welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Michael. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule helping entrepreneurs worldwide with what you do. And before we talk a little about EOS and, and what it is you do do, I want to get a little bit about your background. From from my research, it looks like you, you did some banking and then you, you spent about a decade running some really awesome companies. That's about right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I grew up in a house full of entrepreneurs and out of school cut my teeth in banking, but always always felt like I was destined to be an entrepreneur myself and learn, used my experience as a banker to learn more about running great businesses and, and what makes for successful entrepreneurs. And, uh, and then that led me to my own entrepreneurial journey. That's, well, that's awesome. And, and what, what was there, was there a segue that said, hey, I've done four entrepreneurial companies, I want to move into EOS, or how did that whole transition happen for you in your life? Yeah, so of the four entrepreneurial companies I ran or helped run, two were great successes for me and the company, and quite frankly, two were train wrecks. And the, the second train wreck was the fourth company that I, I worked with, and it was just uh, an opportunity to run a business that I didn't fully vet and didn't understand the difference between the way the company was operating and its culture and its approach to hiring and managing people and the way I had learned to be historically successful as a leader and manager. And so I was looking around trying to find a way to reach the owner of that company and and make some changes that I thought would help us grow and scale. And, And I found EOS and very quickly fell in love with EOS and its simplicity and practical applicability. And, uh, and at the same time, very quickly fell out of love with the opportunity I was in. And, and the good news is the owner of that company had fallen out of love with me well before that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I think it was a win-win all the way around. Got it. And you know, you and I have both talked about and mentioned EOS a couple of times. And I shared that you're, you're an EOS implementer. And for those listeners who don't know what that is, can you share with them what EOS stands for? Yes, uh, EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it is just a simple way of operating a small, rapidly growing entrepreneurial company, and uh, and it's a set of simple, timeless concepts and very practical, accessible tools that help the people who own and run these companies run a better business and, and live a better life. So that sounds like every entrepreneur's dream, and I, I know my listeners will be like, okay, where do I sign up? I, <laughs> my, my question, how, how does that work, or what does that look like? So I'm an entrepreneur, my business is moving along, and, and, and to use your words, frustrated, because I'm not getting the results I want, or it's not growing the way I want, or I'm having a difficult time connecting with the team. So I have some problem, some pain point, I come to EOS, and then what? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, we've packaged everything we have to offer the world for people to learn about on our website. It's eosworldwide.com. And I always like to start this conversation by saying we don't believe that every company on the planet should be running on EOS. It's just a way of operating. And if it resonates with your listeners, I hope they go there and learn more. If EOS doesn't resonate as the way your listeners want to run their own businesses, then what we do know is you've got to have a way of operating that you and your leadership team members agree is the way you're going to run your company. Go find one that does resonate with you and pick it. Got it. And then, and then for those that choose EOS, 
We have a team of 213 EOS implementers around the world. And what we do with our clients is we get in the room with them first for 90 minutes to help them really understand what a company running on EOS looks and feels like. And there's no charge for that. So I'd urge your listeners to reach out to one of our local implementers in your community to learn more that way. And then ultimately, we run full day sessions in a conference room or boardroom setup, if you will, with the leadership teams of entrepreneurial companies. And we walk you through the process. We introduce our toolbox of things that make it better to run an entrepreneurial company. And uh, over the course of about two years working with our clients, we spend 10 full days with them and we help them master the EOS tools and toolbox. And uh, they use it to get what they want from their businesses. Got it. And then there, there'll be, you know, as we talk, I say, use the word implementer, visionary, you hear those different things. For those listeners that don't know, what, what do those terms mean or what is that all about? Yeah, so one of the six key components of a business running on EOS is the people component. And when we're teaching our clients how to strengthen the people component, we give them a common language and a set of tools that help them define what a great person looks like in their organization and hire and retain more of those people and scare everybody else away. And one of the things we talk about at the very top of the organization, the people running the company, is this idea that not all people who are great at starting a business from scratch and getting it to the point where there are five or 10 or 20 or 30 employees are great at running a going concern when it's trying to go from 30 employees to 200. Mm. And so we introduced this concept that some people are put on the planet to lead organizations as visionaries and other people are put on the planet to lead them as integrators. And in one quick sentence, what I'd say is a visionary is a 30,000 foot view, an inspiring leader, an imagine what's possible kind of person who loves big ideas and big relationships and challenging the status quo, but doesn't like having the tough conversations, getting in the trenches and hashing things out. Mm. Whereas an integrator is somebody who likes building scalable processes and infrastructure and jumping into the boat and rowing side by side with his or her fellow leaders to figure out the in the trenches challenges problems and obstacles uh, so the company can you know create consistency and scalability and so for your listeners out there who feel like they're visionaries if you don't have a great integrator one of the reasons you're less in love with running your company every day today than you were five ten years ago is that maybe you're stuck doing a lot of work that an integrator would be better at doing and would love more. Mm, that's really good. Thank you for that. And I, I think as you're talking through this, is is, is EOS going to give give the, 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 the team that's using it, the company, a strategy on how to operate? Does it improve their culture? Or where does it fit into the mix of, of the operations of the business? Yeah, it is a, you know, what we believe is that every business has six key components and EOS is a toolbox and a set of concepts that help you strengthen these components. So I would call it a framework for execution, Michael, okay. and not necessarily a framework for strategy development or creation. And so the six key components are vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. So when it comes to the vision component, for example, what we do is work to get you 
your leadership team to align around a single vision clearly articulated by answering eight questions together and insisting that we all must agree to question number one before we move on to question number two. We aren't creating strategies so much as we are making sure you're all aligned around your vision your plan and your strategy. Got it. Got it. Now, does this is this apply only to certain industries, or could anyone use it? I mean, could, could it be professional services like a law firm, or is this for tech startups, or is it for you know a, a manufacturing company? What's the ideal industry to be using this, this this framework? Yeah, I would say one of my favorite things as an EOS implementer is that it is industry agnostic. We jokingly say if if you've got people in your business, EOS can help you <laughs> because it's a system for managing human energy for harmonizing all the little balls of energy you have running around your business. So literally in a week where I have three session days with three clients, I might be with a professional services firm on Tuesday, a manufacturing firm on Wednesday and a marketing agency on Thursday, completely different organizations. The only common thing they have between the three of them is they've got people in their business and the people who want, who run the company want to run it on EOS. That's all that's required. Got it. And, and you know, in preparing for this, I, I, I saw you mention that you have a simple goal, that you want to help others master EOS by implementing simple, practical tools proven to help entrepreneurs get what they want from their business. And, and inside that question, I have a question for you. What is it that entrepreneurs want? What do you find that they want the most? Well, you know, that's different for every entrepreneur. The phenomenon we're talking about is that most people, when they start an entrepreneurial company, are driven by passion, some combination of passion and skill. And and as the organization grows, the founding entrepreneur's time and attention gets sucked away from the passion and skill and onto the need to create and run a business. And so one of the things we do with our leadership teams, including the owner, is we ask them to remember what it was they wanted from their business in the first place. And the common things we see are they want to build something great. They want to make their employees love coming to work every day and enrich the lives of their employees and their clients. They want to be the best in the world at this skill that they have and be recognized for that. And so that's actually part of the vision building work we do is is we help the owner or owners and leadership team members get back in touch with that, clearly articulate. That's one of the important steps in making sure you do all the other work to achieve it. That is great. So I think my follow-up question to that would be, what does success look like for these entrepreneurs? And I think you kind of answered that and that they all look for something a little different, huh? Yeah, and I, and I would say there are some common themes, right? Yeah. So what we hear is is we want to grow faster or more sustainably or profitably. Okay? Mm-hmm. We want to, or more predictably, we want to make more money. We're growing really fast, but we're, we're spinning our wheels and we're not dropping enough profit to the bottom line, it feels like we're enduring a lot of pain and anguish and have little to nothing to show for it. One of the common frustrations we hear about is people. Nobody seems to get it or want it or care as much as I do. And so they just want to feel like they're surrounded by people that, you know, want to help them be successful. You know, I've had numerous entrepreneurs tell me what they want is to have their life back. The business is running them instead of the other way around. And so those are the kinds of things I hear a lot. 
you know, the trick is to articulate it, put it in terms where you'll know when you've achieved it, and then work your butt off and get the people around you to work your butts off to make sure that happens rather than viewing it as your lot in life to never get what you want. Now, it sounds like you've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurial companies and ran thousands of full-day sessions or something because you're, you're, articulate, you're articulating everything that I hear when I talk to our listeners and when I'm out there in the world, the problems that others are facing and, and you just articulate them so well. It, it's, it's such a common thread amongst entrepreneurs. Well, and I, and I would say, Michael, that that's one of the cool things about running EOS Worldwide is now we've got 213 professional EOS implementers around the world, each of whom is working with entrepreneurs and their leadership teams. So we've done nearly 40,000 full-day sessions with over 5,000 entrepreneurial companies around the world. And so there's nothing there's nothing theoretical or abstract in the information we're sharing with our clients because it's road-tested stuff and it's informed by experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every entrepreneurial company is different, but the common experiences and strengths and weaknesses of entrepreneurs help us, you know, help everybody learn from the mistakes of their predecessors. It's really cool. Absolutely. That's cool. It's a great, great, vast knowledge. I mean, the the, the alumni, quote unquote, network of, of EOS must be a pretty powerful group to be interacting with. Uh, it is one of the best parts of my life. And, you know, there's, there's nothing like getting on the horn with a fellow implementer and comparing notes about the work we're doing in the trenches with these people that, you know, entrepreneurs work their tails off. They just want something special to happen in the world. And often they're surrounded by leadership team members and customers and even family members who just are never getting quite everything they want from the entrepreneur. And so it's nice to be able to help eliminate that pain and anguish. Let me ask you, with, with all these experiences, is there any one attribute, or not attribute, excuse me, but any one situation or obstacle that most entrepreneurs allude to that they have? Like, if this was just solved, everything would be better. If you had to pick one, obviously we listed a bunch of them. Is there one that sits out? Yeah, and I have data to support this. So we asked our clients many years ago in a, in a survey we sent to everybody what their biggest frustration was. And 82% of the respondents said people. And uh, a lot of them included comments of them were colorful enough I don't feel like sharing those comments with your listeners in this forum and so what's funny is as you grow an entrepreneurial company more and more of your time is devoted to defining what great people really look like in your unique organization going out into the marketplace and looking for those people hiring onboarding and working to retain them so that you're surrounded by the kinds of folks that really fit your culture and are going to be great the job you need them to do in your business. And so the people component is one of the six key components and it is where an awful lot of the emotion is when we start the implementation with our clients. But truthfully, one of the reasons the people component is causing so much pain in the organization is because there's also weakness in the vision, the data, the issues, the process, and the traction component. And you can't just focus on people to eliminate that frustration. You've got to strengthen than all of the six key components treat the whole body or you're just treating symptoms and that doesn't cure anything. So, so is there is there one reason why then businesses fail? I'm kind of jumping here, but is you know you're talking about what they need to be successful. What is there one thing that you see of why they fail or maybe aren't able to grow? Yeah, there's a great there's a great 
great study. It was written up in the Harvard Business Review. It's called The Evolution and Revolution of Business. And it's a research study that shows that every successful organization in history has not, in fact, grown in a perfect straight line. And that shouldn't shock anybody who's listening to your podcast, that all organizations grow in fits and starts the way human children grow, right? You have these growth spurts followed by this period of discomfort and unrest, thus evolution and revolution. And so when you talk about businesses failing, I would also throw in their flatlining because there are a lot of businesses that may stay in business, but they don't ever achieve the dreams or the vision for them that their entrepreneurs had when they started them. And the reason businesses flatline or fail, if I were to pinpoint it to one thing, is that it's because what gets you from zero to 10 employees or 20 employees or 50 employees is not only not the stuff that's going to get you from 20 to 100 or 50 to 250 or whatever your dreams are for your business, it's the stuff that causes the revolution in the first place. Hmm. And so what has to happen at the leadership level of all growing organisms, a business is an organism, is it needs to adapt to the current set of problems and challenges facing the leadership team. It can't just rely on the way we've always done things around here. And the simplest example of that is is a lot of entrepreneurial companies are highly successful in the early stage because one person kills himself or herself in order to make all the decisions, interact with all the important clients and vendors, and there's a point at which you just exhaust that human being, and the person in charge becomes the bottleneck, the reason you're not growing rather than the reason you are growing, Mm. to give you a specific example. That's great. I appreciate that. That is so valuable for the listeners here today. I guess I would ask on the on the other side, if you had to pick one attribute in that person, so you alluded to there's one person that drives an organization. Is there one attribute that allows that person and their organization to be successful? If you had to identify one? Yeah, I would call it the ability to delegate. There are many, but, but if you ask me the most important, I would say the ability to delegate and elevate to your unique ability. To be in touch with what it is you love to do and are best at and to master the skills and disciplines and tools necessary to identify the need for complementary humans to go out and hire those people to onboard them to get them on board with clarity and certainty around your vision and to let them run the business day to day so you can live in your unique ability that's awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Well, one last one last question before we wrap up here is, as you know, this is called the Be Investable Podcast. And I have to ask you, you've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and, and hundreds of companies and your, your organization has worked with tens of thousands of organizations. What does Be Investable mean to someone from an EOS lens? Yeah, I... I believe I would translate it into staying in touch with the passion that for that caused you to start your business in the first place and not selling out. So so stay invested in what it is that excited you about your business from the get go. And when you start losing passion and focusing on money or the pain and sacrifice you're making or the annoying people around you, something is wrong and I want you to reinvest and reconnect with that passion. Mm-hmm. 
re-articulate what it is you want from your business and go get it. It is not your lot in life to be miserable. Being an entrepreneur is hard work, very stressful, and if you don't have anything to show for it emotionally or financially at the, at the end of the day, what the heck are you working so hard for? That's what it means to me. Well, I appreciate that. And with that, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Once again, Peyton, thank you. My pleasure, Michael. I enjoyed it a lot. And I appreciate you sharing our ideas with your audience. Awesome. Thank you. Well, there you have it. The latest episode of the Be Investable podcast. Until next time, stay investable. In the meantime, check out our magazine by going to www.getinvestable.com forward slash magazine and subscribe for a free issue. Additionally, you can find more great content through our amazing media partners such as Cranes Business Detroit, Huffington Post, Michigan Business Network, Mishapreneur, Smart Hustle Magazine, and Startup Nation. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to talking with you soon.